The Athletic. Hello, I'm Ian McIntosh and welcome to the Football Manager Show sponsored by LiveScore. Our sincere apologies for last week's show. It's uh, hosted by a bag of gravel and a tumble dryer. As you can hear, the voice is pretty much back, which is handy because we've got another very big show. We've got Jack Ackerwork the space here to discuss the end of the first season of Football Manager's biggest multiplayer game. We're talking Derby County because you people did something very mean to me. And Holly Percival is back with her FM Beginners Dispatches. No spoilers, but I think she's now the most successful FM player in the athletic office. Oh, and we've got a bumper selection of your letters too. So, let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Jack Acker, work the space. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's a pleasure to be back providing an update a couple of months after... I was last here embarking on an adventure with three other guys. Absolutely. And it's your third appearance on the show so far, which of course means this. Welcome to the executive bathroom, sir. You're a friend of the show. How do you feel? Well, last time I heard that beautiful track was when Kevin was on for a third time and I didn't really get it, but it's different when it's played for yourself. It's brilliant and uh, yeah, pleasure to be back. It, it really means something, doesn't it? I think we've all grown up wanting to hear that flush and, and just know, be a part of something. Well, <laughs> now you are. Now you are. So I'd, I'd imagine you're overwhelmed, but we're, we're going to talk anyway uh, as best we can. Uh, remind us, for, for anyone who, who's missed previous shows, What's going on with this multiplayer link-up thing? Um, sure. So there is myself, uh, Zealand, Dr. Benji and Lelujo. We're doing a four-player Premier League network game, managing Everton, Wolves, Villa and Leeds. And uh, yeah, we just finished our first season streaming it live on Twitch every Thursday. And it's a very difficult thing playing a multiplayer game. There's nowhere to hide. And sometimes, Jack, I guess you have to resign yourself. Oh, to I that. knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. There yeah. it is. Got it in nice and early. What? To talk us through what happened. Like, okay, so prefacing this, we've all played Football Manager and you just spam click through a team talk. You know, you click the wrong option, the screen floods with red. Like, we've all been there. I was managing lead, you know, end of season's coming up, mid-table mediocrity seems just destiny at this point. And Kylian Mbappe still hasn't agreed a contract with anyone. So I just thought, oh, I might as well just ask the board if they'll sign him for me. And I don't want to say it was in a blind state of panic, but I clicked really without reading anything. And the board were insistent they weren't going to let me have Mbappe because I am Leeds United in ninth place at the time. And I told them that if they didn't do it, I might leave my job. And then I did leave my job. And I no longer had a job and resigned. <laughs> Honestly, if you get a chance to see this clip, it's so fun. Because you can see that there's the half second of, oh, my God. Oh, my God, in your eyes. And then like you, your voice sort of increases in pitch. You're like, guys, guys, you're trying to break through the mundanity of whatever it is they're discussing. Because you, I mean, you managed to get the game back on. But just for a moment, you can see in your eyes, you think you've screwed up like hundreds of hours of work. I mean, the thing is, if you do it in a single-player game, we all have like a save game. You could go back to if the tragedy that happened to me happened. Um, 
not so forgiven when there's a few thousand people watching it happen live and you're there with free mates and a kind of call on Discord who are obviously also willing to provide some sympathy as to what's just happened. It's pretty brutal because when I've played multiplayer games, I've played them with Alex Stewart and they're very... They're almost cooperative. They're supportive. You know, we if we find a player that we haven't got room for, we'll tell the other person. If if one player has a really bad run, we're there to kind of uh, help them and point out constructive ideas. The vibe with your multiplayer game is not quite the same, is it? Everyone wants to be everyone, which is fine for most people. But yeah, it's not gone great for me. I'll be honest. I mean, for season one, I've not beaten a single human in eight attempts. <laughs> So, uh, and uh, we have got a forfeit system set up. So if you lose to one of the other players, they are allowed to do a tweet within the next seven days from your account of their choosing um, that you can't say no to, which was great and all until it was the last season, uh, last kind of weekend of the F1 season. And I'm being forced to make controversial tweets talking about how good Max Verstappen is. And I I can't (laughs) say it's not me tweeting it. I mean, the engagements were up. But my mate, I had to mute my phone. I literally had to turn off my phone for the evening on the Sunday. It was bad. I mean, it's been a brilliant series. And I think one of the things that's really made it work is the, the choice of teams that, that you had. It was all drawn out. It was drawn out from a limited pool. It's made sure that like you've all had to, you've all had to really fight for this just to stay in your jobs, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, everyone except Kevin. I hate Kevin. Yes, I, I was going to come to Kevin in, in a moment. For now, tell, tell me how the other three of you did, and then we'll we'll deal with Lalujo. So I came a very proud and respectable 10th place for Leeds. Top half finish achieved. Only accidentally resigned once. You know, great year. Ben then finished one place above me, four points ahead in ninth with Villa. Zealand finished eighth with Wolves. So all three of us missed out on European football. And then there's Kevin. I, don't, I, I can't bring myself to talk about it, and it's upsetting me even now. Lelujo is Everton and he comes third. Oh. Now, I briefly managed Everton and it was brief because I lost almost every game. How on earth did he get third with Everton? I'll tell you what, Calvert-Lewin's really good on corners, it turns out. <laughs> uh, brilliant. No, he did, to be fair, he did spend over £100 million with lots of lots of instalments. He's, you know, he's played the short-term game where now he's got you know £100 million to pay every transfer window for the next three years, so... I'm hoping it's all going to come crumbling down when he can't manage all the fixtures. I just, honestly, I mean, Luca Dean is great at corners. Calvert-Lewin's great at heading and it was a match made in heaven. It's absolutely extraordinary that he's done that because the, the problem you've got with Everton, alongside the fact that you're dealing with the piled up detritus of about seven different reigns, is that they want you to play attacking, attractive football as well. So you've you've got that to deal with. You can't just do your sort of 4-3-3 fluid counter-attack and, uh, and scum your way up the table. It's, it's an extraordinary achievement. There are lots of difficulties in playing a multiplayer game, yeah, particularly with, with scheduling. How, how did you guys get around that? We kind of set aside Thursday as the day to do it. Um, and we've been doing like a four-hour block. Occasionally, we'll throw in like a bonus stream. But I think, like you said, it's so difficult with network games to just get a time where everyone's available. So it was a case of just saying, this is the network game day to make sure you're free on that day. And to be fair, I think other than around Christmas, we managed every single one, which isn't kind of too bad. Not too shabby. How are you going to get through the uh, the difficult summer period where it's basically three hours of press and continue? I mean, the good news is we've already managed to do that. We're on deadline day for season two now. Bloody hell. I mean, I'm a little bit concerned because obviously Kevin's got European football, so there's three of us twiddling our thumbs during midweek. Now he's got Champions <laughs> League football. Like We need an alternative game that we can just flick on the three of us and play. But yeah, it does take a long time pre-season, as you've just mentioned. 
it really does. Alex and I got around it by scheduling our friendlies on the same day, and that saved a bit of time. But I've got to say, I did enjoy dropping into his games when we didn't have one. I'd, I'd imagine that, that vengeance on, on Kevin could be the three of you turning up as spectators. I mean, we've done that on a few occasions because fixtures got moved around last year and there was a period where it did look like he could actually win the league as Everton and we were discussing the possibility of just ending <laughs> after one season if that happened. Uh, the camaraderie <laughs> that was shared as Christian Pulisic scored a 90th minute goal to win 3-2 for Chelsea against Kevin, knock him off the top of the table was perhaps the, the, the closest that we've come to agreeing to one another at once between three of us. So remind us, where can we watch all of this? So every Thursday, in fact, we're live tomorrow as people hopefully watch the show today. It's up. It's going to be 7pm uh, to 11pm. We stream over on Twitch. You can go to the Twitch section and you'll find it there or follow us on Twitter. It's at Work the Space, at Lelujo, at Dr. Benji FM. And then I can't remember Zealand's at, that's awkward. Just search Zealand and it'll appear ahead of the country. It's fine. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, you know how the great American late night talk shows always end up with a band playing them out. We're going to play out this interview with uh, with this clip. And I have a feeling you know which clip that is. Ah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're trying to win, they're a good team. Chat, can we? I've just up. I've just so badly. I don't want to talk about what I've just done. Obviously I don't want to. I've just mashed button clicks whilst making a request for the board to sign Mbappe and resigned. I accidentally hit the resign button. I was trying to request the board sign Mbappe. What do you mean? <laughs> I was just clicking with my thing. Just re-add yourself as a manager, surely. Oh my I'm god, such... you moron. You are a buffoon. <laughs> I'm such you a are moron. I don't want to talk about it. I just wanted them to sign Mbappe. Show me the clip now. <laughs> the, num the number, the number oh, of hours amazing. you played, FM. He's genuinely resigned. I accidentally, yeah. I was just clicking on the... He accidentally resigned. All these things you said about the entire media networking. You quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just have to sit here and watch now, Jack. I can't believe what I've done. I'm so clipped get, apply get applying for jobs. It's more than a score. It's live score. So, what's all this about then? Well, with LiveScore, which I'm certain you've all downloaded for free from the App Store or Google Play, you get the latest action stats and analysis from around the world. Because we know with football, it goes beyond scores. It's the stories from the pitch and the stands. Players and fans all spinning their own strands of the mighty football web that links us all together. And there's no better way to twang that web than by playing Football Manager. So, yes, it is a guide to exciting new saves. And there's been some lovely ones. Hamburg, Deportiva La Coruña, Sampdoria. But this week, well, this week it's Derby County. But I want to know from people who have been there before just how hard it is. Because, I mean, it, it sounds absolutely appalling. You start off with a point deduction and no money. And it's a pretty old rubbish team anyway. So someone else has been there. That's someone you may remember from previous show, Richard Clayton, who's essentially the sort of poet laureate for Wolves as far as football manager goes. Goes under the name of Clates on YouTube and Twitter. Clates, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How are we? Very good. Very good, though a little intimidated because I've watched your video <laughs> yeah. on YouTube where you take over Derby County and it's, it's a brilliant video. It really marks out how difficult it is. And then you go and destroy that completely by being awesome at it. Yeah, it does. I will say before we get into this a little bit more, I think I got very lucky in that one. So when you go and take over them now, I think it might even be a bit harder than what I managed to have. 
Uh, did you do this before they changed near post corners? Well, yes, that was one thing. And uh, if we look through the transfers I made, you can see that that was maybe impactful with some of the big centre-backs who went inside. <laughs> but that wasn't actually what I was thinking of. The main thing I was thinking of was I did it when it was a 12 points deduction rather than the 21 that it's become. And you start off with a transfer embargo. Very luckily, I managed to get a takeover on the first day of the season when I did it. So I, I actually think it might be even harder for you. <laughs> it will always be harder for me, mostly because I'm really crap at this game. But you, <laughs> you had a clear strategy. When, when you got there, so this is going off the original database, hmm. it's not a squad that fills the heart with joy, is it? No, it's um, it's horrible, really, is probably the word I'd use to describe it. I looked at it straight away and it's there's about 10 players that are 35 plus and then there's about... 10 players that are about 20 or younger. I think there's one player who was about 25, 26, and that was it in the whole squad. It's a real mishmash. Uh, are there any players that you that, that sort of jump out at you that you go, right, I can build a team around this lad? Um, Not really. Not really. <laughs> I, <laughs> like I said, I got lucky and got the takeover. So as soon as I got that, I was like, right, what can we do here? Who can we sell? I managed to sell... I think it was Max Bird to Burnley. They paid £7.5 million for him. And then from then I was like, right, it's time to go Harry Redknapp. Let's go to the market. I think I bought about 20 players in just to kind of like, let's start again. You cleared so many people out so quickly. I mean, this is, this kind of decisive action would have helped me in my Newcastle save. I wish I'd done that. And you brought in some fantastic players, including one Peruvian midfielder whose name escapes me. Gerald Tavara. And no, I don't know who he is either, but he was sensational for us. A, a, a proper deep line playmaker. Where did you find him? So just did a search by deep line playmaker attributes. I really like to have a set piece taker in that um, DLP role because I feel like it boosts up the average ratings. It's something that I've kind of done for a while. Mikhail Cuisance is the player I usually use and sign in every other save. Found him because he was quite good. I think he's got 17 free kick taking. And this was, as you uh, mentioned before with the corners, this is when set pieces were even more of a thing than they are now, which they still are, I think, if you get them right. And uh, yeah, he sat in that midfield. I've got Axel de Sassi scoring near post headers with impunity for me at Newcastle, just with, you know, lots of coaching and, and a bit of thought into it. You can still do it, but it's very clear looking at your team. Height and physicality is a, a big thing for your Derby County side. Uh, yeah, it, and every other save that I've done. I think it's actually becoming a bit of a meme in the people who watch my content. But <laughs> it's big, tall, fast players that are the only players I sign. <laughs> Yeah, why, why mess with it if it's uh, if it's working out for you? Now, first season you came mid-table, wasn't it? Yeah, 14th. So we managed to get rid of that 12-point deduction and then finished 14th. I think it would have been, I think we would have got about 60-something points if, if it wasn't for the deduction. So it would have been not far off the playoffs, but yeah, 14th. You would have come 7th without the point deduction, which is incredible go. given the, the massive turnover there. Second season, you've actually got a bit of money to spend. How does it go? Yeah, well, second season we smashed it. We we got some uh, big strikers in. Kiefer Moore joined for about, I think it was 2.4, 2.5 mil from Cardiff. And uh, we got Joshua Xerxy. I think we spent a bit more on him, actually. But yeah, we got uh, we got a few sales in and uh, had a bit of money. The Actually, the finances turned over quite quickly in this save, which maybe you wouldn't expect. I think they start on about, well, the save when I started, it might even be worse now with the, uh, with the update. But I think they started on 55 million in debt and they had nothing to spend at the start. Um, we managed to get, I think the debt was down to about 7 million second season. So we actually had a bit of a transfer budget. Kiefer Moore, six foot five, Joshua Xerxes from Bayern, six foot four. And that debt, was that cleared by the takeover or just you clearing out elderly footballers? I think quite a lot of it went with the takeover, but then clearing out with everybody. 
but basically the strategy was let's just start again and bring all of our own players in because then you can then move them on and they're not 35 yeah <laughs> so second season how does that go so second season won the league on 105 points promoted i see premier league I see. Wow, that must have been quite pleasant. I haven't had a season like that in years. When it all just flies like that, it, you're not really playing football manager. You're just having a nice massage. You're not. It's actually lovely. It's weird, and you just think, <laughs> when's it gonna? When is it? This gonna be taken away from me? But no, because because it was players like Xerxes are way too good for the championship, and the that Tavara guy in the mid midfield was so good. Like, yeah, we were flying. Now, you had a, a tactical plan from the outset, something you started with and you kept all the way. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a fascinating one. It's not a natural sort of tactic. It's not like your bog average 4-4-2. T tell me no. about it. So it's, uh, I call it the spanner. I use it in quite a few saves. It's a 5-2-3, so three strikers, which I think if you go back quite a few football managers, um, it's been a bit of a thing that... It's, it overwhelms the defence, basically, and you've got these three strikers. I play two pressing forwards on the outside of the of an advanced forward, and they, they kind of play like wingers. And once, if you have big, strong, tall players, as we've alluded to, they kind of cross to each other, which is quite weird to think about. But you get your big, tall strike on the other side, heading it in at the back post. And um, it seems yeah, to work quite well. Yeah, I've had that a lot with, um, with Gareth Bale on Newcastle, mm, actually. I've yeah. noticed that, the, the, the lovely big, deep cross. Yeah, oh, that's the Gareth one. Bale. Yeah, all is forgiven. <laughs> So you're you're getting out to big lads and you've also got big lads at the back and you're a set-piece dynamo and you get 105 points in season two. You go into the Premier League, but you, you lose a few favourites. Yeah, so Tavara, our Peruvian wizard. Yeah, he went to Dortmund for 15 mil. So we lost him. I couldn't really say no to the money. I think if you're doing a derby save and you get bids of 15 million pounds, I think you kind of have to take it, don't you? I think it was Billy Gilmore we brought in to replace him on loan. And he did a decent enough job, not quite Tavara levels, but he was good. Not a bad signing, is it? I mean, no. at that point, do you fear that, you know, you, you've scrambled your way up to the Premier League with the big lads, you've lost your your big playmaker, your pivotal player, you, you must have feared that it was going to be a very hard season. Uh, yep, uh, I did. I thought, right, we're going back down here. And then... Dynamics are so huge in Football Manager 2022. I don't know if you found that, that if everyone is loving their life... You win so many more games and really we just do. took the momentum into the third season and ended up being fine. That's, that is where I stopped the save. I don't know if you noticed that is where the video ended because I was like second season syndrome here in the Premier League. It could get a lot tougher, but you know what? Let's finish on a high. But yeah, we finished fifth <laughs> I was gonna third say, season. Yeah, yeah, you did a little bit better than fine. Fifth place. Yeah. That was, yeah. uh, were you actually a little bit disappointed to miss out on Champions League there? Yeah, a, a little bit. And then I, there was a part of me that was thinking, should we do another season and see if we can do it? Because I actually, it could go one or two ways, couldn't it? It could be just mediocrity after that, or it could be, let's push towards winning the league eventually. But the design was to try and rebuild Derby. I think we've done that and then some. So that was where, where to end it, I think. I've got to say, my first feeling after watching it was, let's not do Derby because this bloke's just smashed it. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, just on the off chance, that is how you do it. You know, how interesting will it be? But but you reckon it's going to be much, much harder for me when the new update drops? I really think so, yeah. I've seen quite a few people talking about it as well at their derby saves and that if you don't get that takeover early on in that season, then you can be really struggling, I think, because you can't buy anybody. And then if you don't stay up that first season, you're in a whole world of pain. So look forward to that. 
This is something I'm familiar with because when I did the Everton save on CMO 102, mm. it was because you start massively in debt, but they always get taken over. Yeah, it, it always happens inside the first three months. So I bounded in thinking, all right, it's a bit difficult for now, but it'll soon get better. It was two and a half seasons before the takeover came in. Yeah. So yeah. if that happens to me, this is well, it's not going to be a very long series. Um, but thank you so much. I honestly can't recommend enough. Check out Clates on YouTube. It's a really, really good, concise, polished video. It's lovely. You can get some very big, long, rambling videos mm -hmm. where you're watching someone spend 20 minutes checking out a left back. This is completely the opposite. Lovely thing to watch on, on your lunch break. Where else can we find you, Clates? So on YouTube, it's Clates. On Twitch, it's Clates as well. And then, yeah, those are the two main ones. Also on the Wolves channel for some Wolves Football Manager videos. Excellent stuff. Well, that's two appearances. You're now an acquaintance of the show, so we'll get you back on soon, get you a key to the executive bathroom, and you'll be a friend of the show. Perfect. Lovely. That was It's More Than a Score with Live Score. You can get real-time updates and results, match highlights and breaking news from around the football world on the Live Score app, and it's completely free. Just search for it on the App Store or Google Play now. How good is The Athletic. Well, it's so good that the New York Times bought it, and they bought Wordle, so they know what they're doing. But because you listen to The Football Manager Show, you won't have to pay $550 million for us. You can get a very special deal just by visiting theathletic.com forward slash fmpod and signing up there. That's theathletic.com forward slash fmpod for a very special deal. Okay, you may remember several months ago, Holly Percival from The Athletic, a experienced gamer, qualified referee and, and coach and football journalist. She had never played football manager before and uh, we threw her in with Aston Villa and it went really, really badly wrong. Um, she, she bravely carried on, only to get sacked, I think just after Christmas, but that wasn't it. Holly doesn't do walking away. Holly got the job at Hull and Holly, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I feel like this is becoming a slightly regular occurrence and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I tell you. It's, for you anyway. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing. This is your third appearance, which means we're giving out another one of these. Welcome to the executive bathroom, madam. Holly Percival, you're officially a friend of the show. <laughs> that was probably the warmest welcome I've ever had in anything that I've done. Uh, can I get a physical copy of that, please, to go home with? A, a physical copy of the toilet? Yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we can work something out. I, I'm, I'm a bit of a face at B&Q, so I can get a bit of a discount. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get it engraved. You had a terrible time on Football Manager, your very first game. What happened at Aston Villa? So, like you mentioned, it was my first time playing football manager across any rendition and I jumped in quite literally at the deep end in terms of just not knowing how to work any functionality on the game and obviously that didn't go well managing in the Premier League, which is arguably the most demanding league in the world and I don't think we ever stayed out of the relegation zone or if we did, it was only about 17th and it just continued to get worse from there. I mean, I, I, sh I should blame myself because I signed Carlos Tevez who was on holiday until January. So it wasn't the most <laughs> important signing or influential signing that I would make. And 
it, I just couldn't figure out how to make the team work. I was yelling at Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins because they just weren't scoring goals and my players weren't defending and I just couldn't figure out how to fix it. And then come January, I'd been given a month by the board to turn things around and I hadn't and they and they showed me the door. So I was very, very upset for quite some time. Now, at, at this point, a lot of people would consider walking away. You're, you're into a lot of games, you do a lot of streaming, but you didn't. What was it that, that drew you back? I think the fact that I was so bad with Aston Villa, <laughs> I was like, surely I am not that bad at the game as a whole. And I wanted to redeem myself because I feel like my football knowledge is continuously growing and continuously adapting. And I thought football manager would be the, great, the best way to continue to add to that. So I set myself the challenge that I would try and keep a team up because I was assuming that the team I would go into next would kind of be bordering a relegation battle. So, like you mentioned, ended up getting the job at Hull just after the January deadline closed. So I had definitely a big task ahead of me, and I, I feel like I stepped up. And, and once I'd started getting into the, the rhythm at Hull, it was game over, because people listening will probably be glad to hear this. I am well and truly obsessed with Football Manager. You've just finished your first season in charge, and what's happened? Yeah, so first full season now with Hull after surviving relegation and we secured playoffs, I think, with about 10 games to go of the season and then I'm one game away from winning the title. So it's uh, to say it's gone well would be an understatement. I mean, that basically makes you the most qualified person, certainly in this chat, but probably <laughs> in the office too. What the hell did you do to turn down a relegation-haunted team uh, and, and turn them into title challengers? To be honest, I don't think I could tell you and I don't think the people who have watched me on my whole journey on Twitch could also answer that question because I don't think the team in of itself should be a team that is doing so well. I did make some key signings. I also lost some key players because I had to bring in money to the club to expand the team. But I, for some reason, my front three of Keen Lewis Potter, Liam Cullen and Malik Wilkes have just been non-stop firing in goals I think just Liam Cullen alone has 30 goals for, for the whole season so it's been a really weird impressive season with Hull and I really can't put my finger on as to why. I'm told that one of the major reasons why is that you've been so directly influenced by Tony Pulis. Oh no oh I was told that you were <laughs> going to be asking me a question so I just want to give clarification I was turning to a meme for the first time while streaming on Twitch because I had to wear an LED hat on my on my Twitch stream. Uh, don't ask questions. It, that's just what Twitch is, really. And so okay. I got compared to Tony Pulis, and it's arguably the worst comparison I've ever had. And <gasps> I have not taken it as a compliment because I'm not the biggest fan of Tony Pulis in real life. So I did look like him, though, with that hat on. Of all the people I've interviewed in football, Tony Pulis is one of my favourites. Um, really? I, well, I've never met him, so yeah, maybe that's what I need. I need to interview him in real real life. If someone compared me to Tony Pulis, I, I would be dining out on that for some time. But unfortunately, <laughs> comparisons for me are rarely so kind. Um, what, what sort of formation did you play to get these players doing so well? So I decided to opt for a 4-2-3-1. It just felt comfortable and what I could build upon because that was what the formation was when I went into Hull the season prior. So I just stuck with that formation so I could just add a few more key players and hopefully that would be enough to survive the season. We were favourites to come, or the board's ambitions, sorry, were to come, you know, relatively mid-table. And I don't think we've dropped from from the top of the table all season except for maybe two weeks. So 
we've exceeded expectations. And for some reason, that four-two-three-one formation with Lavia, who's on loan, I believe, from Manchester City. Uh, he's been a really great signing. And George Honeyman as the box-to-box midfielder has been unbelievable. So I think it's just weirdly those players have become so well unified and the loan signing of Jacob Ramsey was key however he was taken back to Aston Villa in January which I posted that clip on Twitter I was very very upset about Villa taking him back so unlike most people you're not just playing this you know in the privacy of your own bedroom you're you're streaming this live to an audience of thousands how much pressure were you under in those final games? First of all, thousands is generous, and I, I thank you for that. Um, but uh, the pressure's definitely been building. I, I've said this a lot on my stream, but I'm very appreciative of how many people have tuned in and watched and offered support and advice and mentioned some players to search a friend of mine on street uh, through Twitch who I believe was was on this podcast today. He was told to search for a player called Reese Hins, which is just an acronym for resign. So that's all I'll say on the matter. Oh, um, Jack. <laughs> yeah, not the best, but everyone's been really, really nice, really supportive. And I think I haven't, initially I felt pressure because there's really no female streaming football manager. And I was worried that people would see a female streaming football manager struggle and think, well, there's probably a reason as to why. But I, I'd like to think I've defied those odds and have been welcomed to the football manager community with open arms. And they've made it, even more enjoyable to learn the game and go through the frustrations and the highs and the lows with people who are just as keen to to watch people play and succeed in the game. So looking ahead, how do you turn this team into Premier League? Well, just avoiding relegation from the Premier League. A hundred percent. The only aim next season is to avoid relegation. However, it's going to be difficult because even with the, the promotion money, I'm not left with much at Hull City. I might have to say goodbye to some key players and, and bring in big money so it's going to be tricky because obviously it's also pre-takeover era so again even less money within the club so I think I'm going to have to go for some big loan signings and try and really balance the wages and the transfer budget it'll be tricky because that's still probably the aspect of the game that I know the least about and feel least comfortable with so it'll be probably a slow methodical pre-season and hopefully we can avoid relegation and then push for Europe <laughs> Well, congratulations. Where can we find out more? My Twitch is Holly Plays with two Y's in Holly, two Y's in Plays. And then you can also find me on Twitter. I post when I go live on Twitch and I post some clips on there as well. And my Twitter is Holly with two Y's underscore Percival. That is Holly Percival. She's two seasons deep in her entire career on Football Manager and already more successful than me. It's time for your letters. If you've got something to tell us, uh, something to brag about, something to ask, um, get in touch. It's imacintosh at theathletic.com or you can find me on Twitter, Ian underscore games. Producer Steve, how are you? I'm very well, Mr. McIntosh. How are you? It's nice to hear your voice fully functional again, I have to say. It's back, isn't it? But I, I rue the missed opportunity to do some kind of blues album. Oh, yeah. Because... Now I'm back to sounding like a kind of perky supply teacher, whereas <laughs> last week I, I really sounded like I'd lived, you know, and nearly yeah. died. So it, it's a shame, but I, I guess we'll, we'll find a way to get through. Um, we've got loads of letters as well, so it's a good job there's some vocal stamina. Absolutely, yes. And the first one is Seth Harnish-Fager. And um, Seth writes in to say, I've been lacking creativity in midfield. I currently play in a 4-3-3 with an advanced playmaker on attack, a box-to-box midfielder, and usually a DM on defence. 
Should I try a central midfielder role on attack instead of the advanced playmaker on attack? And what's the difference between the two roles? So this formation is not dissimilar to the one that I'm using with Newcastle. I tend to flip between having a defensive midfielder on defence at the base, a box-to-box midfielder and a central midfielder attack. Or if I'm feeling really confident, I want to pile the pressure on, I just change the defensive midfielder to a supporting deep-line playmaker so that we're a a little more ambitious. Um, It's got... Actually, it's got reasonably good results. I got Newcastle in third in the table in the second season, so it's doing fine. The reason I like the central midfield role on attack is something that I found with Marseille on the last version of the game, and and particularly with Husum AR on uh, this version of the game. They become a sort of second striker. It's kind of like Steven Gerrard when he played behind Fernando Torres for Liverpool, um, Mm. but coming from a deeper position so you don't sacrifice all of that stability in the middle and the ability to get the ball and and keep the ball but when you do get an attack you'll see that central midfielder on attack just surging into the box and essentially becoming a second striker so I find it really really handy Um, the advanced playmaker one of the things I I learned very very late don't have a deep lying playmaker and an advanced playmaker (laughs) if you've got anyone with playmaker in the title your players will just try to find them as often as they can so that they can you know make play but the advanced playmaker will not make those coruscating runs into the box they'll sit in the hole and try and play the ball around there's nothing wrong with that 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 can work for a lot of people but I just find this really works for me. And if you are going to do this little triangle of players in these roles, box-to-box midfielder is the crucial one um, because there's no point having someone who's surging up and down the pitch who's got a stamina of under 14 because they just won't be able to do it. If you've got a brilliant box-to-box midfielder, it's like having two players on the pitch at once. And one final thing on that, it is a good job my voice is back. (laughs) Always pay attention to player traits when you're dealing with these positions, because you want your central midfielder on attack to be the kind of person who also likes getting into the box, making late runs into the box, that kind of thing. You want your deep-lying playmaker to try killer balls all the time. Make sure you have haven't got any player traits there that are conflicting and take the time to teach players player traits that you think will help them as well and it seems a bit of a faff and you just want to get on and play games but you can if you've got these clearly defined roles you can really intensify the reaction you get from them fantastic and if you want to do a bit more as well because i've also got a 4-3-3 on my fiorentina save and i had a bit of a wobble last week in terms of stuff going wrong and not knowing why RDF Tactics is doing a great series of videos at the moment. He does a 4-3-3 with Roma and it illustrates the advantages of the central attacking midfielder on attack. Sorry, the central midfielder on attack really well. So if you want to go a bit further, Seth, that's a great video to watch. Absolutely. Oh, and also check out the byline where Andrew Sinclair and I think FM Grasshopper wrote a really good piece about the use of the central midfielder attacker as well. Oh, that was the most comprehensive answer we've ever given. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, feeling very proud of us right now. Christ, yeah, we started stronger than we're going to continue, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Who's next and how do we match that bar? Quiet. So Anthony Elliott, Anthony writes in to say, the live score section causes havoc as it causes a new save conundrum. Well, Anthony, we can only apologise for that. I recently started a network game with one of the clubs mentioned in a previous episode. That's, of course, Hamburg, as recommended by Seb Stafford-Bloor. 
Uh, unfortunately, due to technical issues, I've had to rely very heavily on the advice of my assistant, Stefan Freund, as I can't see any of my playing squad. I'm finding the transfer market incredibly difficult too, as I can't see anyone else's squad. Where? I've also posted on the SI forum and removed all custom graphics and skins, but there's still no joy. So any ideas from either Sports Interactive or yourself, Ian, would be greatly appreciated <laughs> as to how to fix this. Yeah, well, you've done the right thing in posting to the SI forum because they're, they're usually very good on things like this. And certainly if you've got loads of custom stuff going on, um, anything that makes all of your players vanish is, is probably not worth whatever benefit the custom skin will give you. Personally, I would advance straight to uninstalling the whole thing and reinstalling it again to try and clear out whatever has happened. But I know that uh, lots of people from SI listen to this, and so we'll try and get an answer for you if that doesn't work. And good luck with that. On the live score side... Um, you are not the only person who's who's had this problem. We had a few tweets this week from people who said they'd just got settled at Deportivo and then they heard James Horncastle talk about Sampdoria <laughs> and now all they want to do is manage Sampdoria. So I'm glad this feature is working in the right way. I'm only sorry it's, it's causing these uh, kind of issues. But I'd imagine today's one won't cause that kind of issue because no one's going to want to join me on that, I'm sure. <laughs> um, who else Who else have we got? So Dan Tacon has given us a Penskin Challenge update. Oh, he's back. Still doing that mad thing. Still doing it. And there has been some progress. So Dan says, I've won four consecutive Mexican League titles. And as a side note, the Mexican League is mad because you have an opening stage, a closing stage with a little sort of cup playoff competition at the end. You know, like how in rugby union in England, they have that whole season and it's the four teams. That sort of job to decide who is the champion. Madness. But I have underperformed in the North American Champions League so far. This season, I've just progressed into the semi-finals, and the final four are all Mexican sides. And I'm hoping my excellent domestic form translates into the Champions League. Either way, I'm hoping this season is the one to add the North American Champions League to the African one, and I can pack my bags for Asia. Absolutely extraordinary. A reminder that the Pentagon Challenge is winning the Champions League or equivalent thereof in every continent. And as I haven't actually won a single trophy since FM17, <laughs> I can only be astounded at how good some people are at this game. Got another old friend popping up next, haven't we? We do. Final letter for this week's show it comes from James Fawcett. And he is giving us a little update on his Sheffield Wednesday saved, which, um, if you remember, is based on a slightly harder fathom combination of tactics based on Pep Guardiola, Arrigo Saki and Big Sam Allardyce. The man, the legend. Exactly. In their own way, all legends. So you'll be surprised to hear it's been a complete roller coaster, but I gained promotion via the playoffs with Wednesday after going on a fantastic run from January onwards. Tactics wise, now this slightly boggles the mind. I've gone for a cross between Saki's high intensity pressing game and a Big Sam back four. So it's a 4-3-1-2, with the one playing wide as an inverted winger, joining the front two when he feels free. In defence, one wing back is attacking, and one, and this is my favourite like play as a reference point, you know, the Makaleli position, that sort of vibe. So the other wing back plays the Nicky Hunt role. Awesome. There's a name I've not heard in a while. For fans of the early noughties Premier League. <laughs> so the Nicky Hunt role of sitting in and not attacking at all. So a very conservative fullback, essentially a what you know, centre back in that role of that era of, of football. And James finally says it's probably the most enjoyable FM save 
he's had for a long, long time. That's fantastic. I mean, I would have gone for the Tony Hibbert role, but I respect the Nicky Hunt as, as well. A fine, fine, no-nonsense right back. Now, if you're still hungry for a prime football manager content, I urge you to go to Tifo IRL on YouTube. They do brilliant stuff anyway. But uh, there has been a Liverpool challenge on there. What we've done, we teamed up with the mad scientist who's been on the show before. He um, edits gigantic databases. And he has given us the 83-84 Liverpool side, which, of course, won the League and European Cup and the League Cup. It's given us Bob Paisley, 76-77 side, the Istanbul 2005 side. And we've got Joe Devine, Alex Stewart, JJ Bull and the Athletics Liverpool reporter Kiva O'Neill to come in and manage those teams in a straight knockout competition. Part one went up last week. Part two will be up probably as you're listening to this, if you're listening the day after release on the Thursday. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. The next one is Arsenal. So keep your eye out for that. I, I Oh. I cannot imagine <laughs> what uh, Arsenal Twitter will make of, of, oh, of the madness. You do realise what you're letting yourself in for, don't you? Well, hopefully, because I'm just the I'm just the presenter, um, so I can't, <laughs> I think, get shouted at too much. But you never know. But yeah, check out check out Tifo IRL. Get yourself subscribed to that because there's some really good stuff coming up. And that was the Football Manager Show, sponsored by LiveScore. Your guests today were Jack, Acker Work the Space, Rich Clayton, Acker Clates, Holly Percival, Acker the Athletics Gaming Khaleesi. Your producer was Steve Hankey, and I am 98% Ian McIntosh and 2% PG Tips. The Athletic. <laughs>